0: this episode of the sea news podcast is brought to you by the fourth annual association of genuine alaska pollock producers wild alaska pollock meeting taking place at the west seattle in seattle washington on october 17th 2022 the association of genuine alaska pollock producers also known as gap is working to promote wild alaska pollock in major whitefish markets around the world with a focus on europe north america and japan Their goal is to educate both seafood buyers and consumers about the superior benefits of Wild Alaska Pollock. The theme of this year's Wild Alaska Pollock meeting is strategically building awareness and demand for the perfect protein and will bring together representatives from all segments of the Wild Alaska Pollock industry, marketing experts, and visionary speakers designed to challenge the status quo and inspire collaboration for tackling future industry challenges. Topics will include economic updates, consumer research and trends, the results from the new Gap, Always On, Wild Alaska Pollock Awareness and Demand Campaign, and much more. To register for the meeting, please visit alaskapollock.org. Don't miss out. I'm Seafood News Managing Editor, Amanda Buckle. And I'm Erna Berry Seafood Market Reporter, Lauren Castiglione. And today, we are happy to have Marianne LaCroix, the Executive Director of the Maine Lobster Marketing Collaborative, on the podcast with us today. So, it's not a fun one, guys. No, i <laughs> Miriam's great. But uh, obviously, what's been going on with Maine Lobster and the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch, um, red listing of the lobster of American Lobster, there's just a lot to talk about. So, Miriam is gracious enough to join us on the podcast um, to kind of give us a rundown on what the Maine Lobster Marketing Collaborative has been doing and just... The latest and greatest and and what you can do what how we can support them yeah exactly because the main lobster industry could use as much support as they can get right now so without any further ado let's let's take a listen listen. uh hi marianne thanks for joining us on the podcast and i'm sorry it's not to talk about a happier topic There's obviously a lot going on with uh, with Maine Lobster right now. Um, So why don't you kick us off? Yes. So we are interested to know about your initial reaction to the Seafood Watch Red Listing. Did it come as a complete surprise? Um, Just give us some insight there.
1: Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me on today. The red listing was not a surprise. They published an initial assessment last winter. And so we sort of knew that was coming as well. Also, industry people had been working with the organization for at least a year prior to that to talk about the work that the industry is doing to protect right whales. So it was very disappointing because we provided a lot of data on all the work that the fishery is doing to protect whales and that didn't seem to come through in the final assessment.
0: Now, because you guys knew about this for a while, was it kind of just something looming over your head for for like a year, you know? Obviously it's not great. These are fishermen that have spent
1: 25 years modifying their gear to make it safer for right whales. There hasn't been a ever been a right whale mortality attributed to Maine lobster gear. There hasn't been an entanglement in Maine lobster gear in almost 20 years. So this is obviously very discouraging for the fishermen that are putting so much effort into protecting right whales.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, one of the things I, I think is great about um, the Maine Lobster Marketing Collaborative is that you do such a great job of, of telling the story of Maine Lobster. I mean, a lot of people, when they just think of Maine Lobster, they're like, delicious. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. But when I when I first started the industry, I mean, I came from an entertainment background and, and actually your, your group was one of the first to really educate me. Um, and I just... I, I it stayed with me. It's something that I've always kept in the back of my mind. I'm, I'm always amazed about the, the notching on, on the tails and, and everything that the fishery is doing to, to maintain its sustainability and, and to produce, um, you know, a good product and a product that, you know, keeping the fishery alive for a lifetime. Um, so, you know, I, I think what you're doing is really important. And what I thought was really great, too, is the Change.org petition that MLMC started um, to kind of spread awareness, because I I don't know if a lot of consumers are are really aware of um, the Seafood Watch's recommendations or, you know, kind of see some headlines, too, and just like see a scare like, oh, I should avoid this. Um, So what has been some of the response and feedback to the Change.org petition? You know, are, are you getting the feedback that you kind of wanted?
1: Yeah, and you, you make a really good point about the resource management because there has been a lot of publicity over the past few years about fisheries that are overfished or using bad practices. And it really gives us an opportunity to highlight what the Maine lobstermen have done for generations, you know, going back 150 years to protect the resource. And that's one of the reasons, obviously, that there's such a thriving lobster population today because these guys have been working on it and recognized, you know, some of the problems we'd be facing 100 years ago and put laws in place to make sure that the fishery was protected. Um, So the change.org petition was just a way for people to show that they support the fishery. And I think that's really important right now because the fishermen are facing a lot of pressures, both both on the regulatory side, plus from from the marketplace with the red list. So just to see people coming in and saying they do stand with the fishermen, support them, recognize the work they're doing, I think that's really important.
0: Yeah, you gotta keep morale up. Right, right. <laughs> um, so I know we're nearing the end of Main Lobster week. I am wearing my red <laughs> in support. <laughs> um, what has been the response there? Are you seeing a lot of people rally around Main Lobster? It's great.
1: A lot of restaurants are participating and we've actually had more signing up even during the week. Just coverage on it saying, I want to join in. Um, I want you know, I want to be a part of this. Uh, It's great because it gives people an opportunity. It gives them another way to support the fishery, not just the restaurants that are, you know, hosting Maine Lobster Week, but also for the um, people to come in and enjoy these delicious dishes. Some, you know, some things that they've, you know, old favorites like lobster rolls. Plus, there's some amazing menu new items that the chefs are putting together so it's just another way for people to show their support which is great right.
0: yeah i know the the timing definitely seems <laughs> it's on the one hand i guess it's kind of good right? right i mean it's like you're you're getting the message out there about main lobster at the same time it's just like how much more can we add on to our plate right now i'm sure but um and one of the things I was also curious about is how has Seafood Watch's red listing differed from when the Marine Stewardship Council suspended the lobster certification back in August 2020? Um, do you kind of find your, yourself like up against like a similar fight there? I know it was reinstated the following year um, that you still are MSC certified.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit different just because the MSC is managed by a client group. So it's a a group of uh, companies in Maine or that sell Maine Lobster that, you know, apply for that and manage that certification. And I'm not part of that organization, but I do know that they have uh, that that was really because of um, litigation that was pending at the time. So it really was almost like a technicality that, you know, with this pending litigation, they did suspend the fishery and then reinstated it as soon as the lawsuit was resolved. So that was a little bit of a different situation because it was something sort of one of their check boxes, you know, about that you have to be in compliance with certain things. And the litigation was actually between um, environmental groups and the National Marine Fisheries Service, which, you know, obviously regulates the fishery. So it wasn't anything that the fishery was doing wrong. What's happening with the Seafood Watch Red List is a little bit different just because if you read their assessment, they say, we really don't know what's uh, what's harming whales. So we'll just say it could be anything. So let's red list 14 fisheries just in case they might be doing it. So it's really ignoring the data out there that is available that shows um, you know, like I mentioned that, you know, Maine lobster fishermen haven't been responsible for a serious injury, injury or whale death. Nothing's been attributed to the fishery. Our gear is marked. Um, they actually use old data saying, you know, there's two decades of um Proof showing that the rope is getting stronger, and that was through 2010, which obviously ignores um, huge sweeping changes made to the fishery in 2009 and 10, when they took out almost 30,000 miles of rope from the water. And, and, you know, so that it's just um, those kinds of things, just, you know, it's not really looking at the best data that's available.
0: Yeah, I know. I was surprised. I watched uh, the press conference with um, Senator Angus King and and Governor Janet Mills, and I thought that was a a great rally of support. I I think, um, not to get political, but I think you guys have some really great supporters, you know, and and ready to fight in your corner. And one of the interesting things I thought was brought up is uh, is that it's just there's so many different like with both reports. I mean, looking at the Canada one and the lobster one, uh, Angus King brought up the point of of the map. There's a map in Canada's report highlighting where all these, where all these whales are. And I mean, the DFO has all all the information on their website and there is no map on in the, in the American lobster Gulf of Maine report. Um, and it's because there's, there's no right whales that like have been cited in that area that they're, they're saying that these entanglements are happening and it's just, um, it's very frustrating. I know from, from the main lobster men and, and on your side. And I just think it's uh, it's really great to see um, the main lobster marketing collaborative, you know, rallying, supporting in every way you can. So any final words, any last call rally that we can do um, anyone listening can do to support the main lobster industry. I think it's great to share the facts. We have a lot of information on
1: rightwhalesinmainlobster.com. It's a dedicated website that we have. We've got videos, we've got fact sheets, we've got some news pieces that, you know, highlight what's going on. So that's a great resource. And also for people just continue showing their support by buying and eating Maine lobster. I mean, that's that's a great way to do it.
0: Well, Lauren, I think we can sacrifice ourselves for that cause. I was going to say, we can uh, let our bosses know <laughs> straight from the horse's mouth. We have to go buy Maine Lobster. Right. We
1: have to eat it. Right. And with National Lobster Day coming up, it's just an extra excuse. Right.
0: There right. we go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Marianne, for joining us on the c News podcast. We're glad to have you on and keep fighting the good fight. Thanks very much. Nice talking to you. All right. Thank you again to Mary Lacroix of the Maine Lobster Marketing Collaborative for joining us on the Seafoodie Podcast, and we will see you back here next week. Bye bye.